are listening to Out of the Box Podcast with Rosie Tran. Out of the Box is sponsored by HugMeTees.com. Spread love, give a hug, HugMeTees.com. Guys, we are now on SoundCloud. Go on SoundCloud.com slash Out of the Box Podcast and click on the follow button. I love all of the iTunes people. I love the Stitcher people. But if you have a SoundCloud account, you can go on SoundCloud and click on follow just to support me. Even if you don't listen to the podcast on SoundCloud, go on SoundCloud and click on follow. It helps. And as always, we love positive comments on iTunes. And I have a couple new positive comments. So I want to give a shout out to those people. If you're sending me a positive email, I love the positive emails, but they don't do anything except for stroke my ego. So go on iTunes.com slash out of the box podcast and leave a positive comment there. That helps out the podcast because it brings up our numbers and helps other people find us. So that makes me very happy. I am here today with magician Joel Ward. Joel, how are you? Hey, I'm doing really good. How are you doing? Good. <laughs> <laughs> I just um I'm holding Joel hostage in my house right now. I locked all the doors and closed the windows. It's so. a magic trick. It is. A, it's escape, a magic right? trick. <laughs> Good luck, Houdini. Yeah. Um, so I originally met Joel performing at the Comedy Magic Club in Hermosa Beach, and I don't know much about the magic world, but I'm really interested. I actually wanted to be a magician when I was little, but I never got. I kind of got scared. <laughs> I didn't get that much into it. So is com- is the comedy world similar to the co- is this the magic world similar to the comedy world or is it like a totally different beast well they they kind of they are kind of similar um in in a sense where it's a um it's kind of like a like a lonesome art form like it's usually a one magician you know traveling and doing his show and so in in a sense of you know comedy one person being on stage it's it's very similar um and i think it's very stand-up is very controlled even though people think it's like off the cuff and magic is like that right yeah i would say magic's even more so like that than than stand-up i mean i do a lot of improv in my shows but i think a lot of magicians have like either their tricks down or their script down but when i when i go do a show it's like i usually know which my set list is going to be and music. so it's very similar yeah so music is like it's already set and you know it's really hard for me to kind of change things around last you can't minute. be like oh i'm gonna do this instead right and yeah your exactly. assistant's like what are we doing <laughs> right so it's kind of it kind of has to be kind of set from the beginning of the show even if you're um, doing not a large show if you're doing sleight of hand stuff or well that's a lot more that's improv, a lot right? yeah that's all that's all improv so when i'm doing close-up magic i can uh, you know approach like a group of people and just do whatever you know whatever i feel is appropriate for for the moment so that's kind of cool I, I actually think that's probably the best type of magic is that close is it up. harder well it is well it's harder but it's more fun and i think people like it more um when magic happens in front of your hands or like inches so away close from your right eyes, you're like wait a minute it's like whoa how did that happen <laughs> i think it's more impactful and it's stronger um the further away you get you know and you're like oh it's just you know, bubblegum or there's a string, you know? <laughs> so I think people, yeah, I think, I, I think it's, it's best when it's performed up close. And um, how did you get into magic? That's it's, it just seems like, first of all, you're a professional comedian, which is awesome. And I got to give you props for that because anyone who followed their dream all the way through is like, just amazing you know because a lot of people take it as oh it's just a hobby or it's not something to be taken seriously you know just like comedy (laughs) right right right. but how did you get into it well i love i love the question of uh you know you're you're doing a show for a bunch of lawyers and they're like oh so like what do you do during the day like what do you what do you you really do they're like no 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 that's great like that's your your nighttime gig right i'm like no this is i this is my full-time gig um yeah so i saw a magician when i was six i grew up in san diego in a little north county uh, suburb called Cardiff by the Sea. 
And that uh, sounds magical, isn't it? <laughs> I live in Cardiff by the Sea, nineteen double oh seven, California. I feel like a magician would come from there, <laughs> right? <laughs> or a surfer, right? I mean, we have like like the Rob Machados uh, of the surf world, or like the Tony Hawks of the skate world. That, okay. They're all from like the North County, San Diego area. But of course, Cardiff by the Sea, gotta have a magician too, right? <laughs> so I saw a magician. I really wasn't into magic. I, I was six years old. I was in first grade at Cardiff Elementary School. This magician was doing a school assembly for the entire school. And I was sitting in the back. I was wearing a black hat. I had my arms crossed. I didn't like this at guy. At six? At six. I was like, I was. I had an older brother. You were I, like emo already back yeah, then. Yeah, I was like, I, my older brother, you know, he was like cooler. So I was like, dude, this guy's stupid. Like, were you like the six-year-old Fonz? Let's be real. Um, I wait, I don't know what that is. The Fonz from Happy Days. No, that's a little, that's, I, I don't, I Oh my god! I'm sorry. I don't know. I oh, just we're, don't know. We're like the same age. Are you kidding me, Joel? Oh my gosh! I'm sorry. I'm just the fonts. You know, like the black leather jacket with the collar up, the motorcycle, kind of like too cool for school. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, I got out there. Um, but uh, I don't know what I was. I think I was just you know young and kind of shy actually. And I saw this magician was there, and he picked me for a trick, and I didn't want to assist him at all. And he aren't magicians supposed to pick like the ready and willing person? Yeah, but he chose the guy with the hat with his arms crossed. Who was like, I don't like this guy at all. And he pulled me up on stage and he picked me for a trick called the you know the rings, the Lincoln rings. Yes, it's like the two rings and they link together. I so, do know that trick. So he gave me two of them that were not linked together. He placed them in my hands. He's like, on the count of three, you're gonna drop one of the rings. They're gonna link together. The whole school's gonna applaud and they're gonna think you're a magician. I was like, whatever. Like this <laughs> set me up for disaster. He's gonna make fun of me. And boom, on the count of three, bam, the rings linked together. The whole school applauded. He's like, you're a magician. I believed him. I went home. I told my my mom that I, w- I got to help the musician because I didn't know how to say magician. I, mean, I was mis- missing like a couple of front teeth. I was like, I got to help the musician. She's like, oh, cool. What music or what instrument did you play? I was like, oh, you know, the rings. And she's like, oh, magic. So I was like super stoked on that. And uh, my dad got me a magic set for Christmas. But he got this idea that if I was going to open up the magic set, I was going to learn how to do all the tricks as like a puzzle and then throw it in the closet and move on to the next hobby. So he took the magic set back and bought me a book on sleight of hand. And that Christmas, we read the book together and he we learned how to make a coin disappear. And I think I was kind of like that fundamental like idea of, well, I'm learning this as like kind of like you would learn like an instrument or it's not just like a puzzle. It's not just like a bunch of props that you you know, you figure things out and then because like once a puzzle's done, you kind of move on to the next puzzle. Yeah. So kind of learning it as like with sleight of hand was kind of like learning an art. And so can you, cool. pick, can you pickpocket people? Pick, yeah. <laughs> Watches. Right. Where do you think I got this guy? Right. This is totally. He's, uh, wearing, a, he's wearing a very nice watch for those of you who are <laughs> listening and can't see. <laughs> um. So, yeah, I don't know. I think that's And there's of, an art to it. It's a craft, right? Yeah, so it's, it's, not, it's totally it, a craft. Do you feel yeah. that anyone... So the difference between an, an art and a craft is that a craft is something you can work on and get better. That's right. Right? It's just like stand-up. A lot of people don't understand. They think, oh, you're just naturally funny. No, you can work on jokes and work on things and make them better. Exactly. Um, so if anyone works hard at it, do you think they can become a good magician? Um, yeah, I, I think so. I think there are good te- technical magicians, mm-hmm. and then there's good 
uh, performers that put on a really and good then, show, right? And then there's sometimes good perfor- magicians and good performers come together <laughs> and create a good magician. So I think it's a combination of both. Um, you know, you can be the best technician, but the most boring, awkward magician, right? <laughs> and a lo- there's a lot of those. And then you could be like the greatest performer, but not do that great of magic. <laughs> and still be very successful and yeah you know so there's like the you know there's the there's both worlds and um i try to balance both of them as much as i can but um do you come up with any of your own tricks or or magic illusions or yeah of course no 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 totally i I don't know i don't know anything about the magic world (laughs) comedians are always like you know i think there's always this thing between like comedians and magicians is like kind of I think comics don't really like magic magicians uh, oh, or even magicians. prop comics. I love magicians <laughs> um, or even musical musical. I, I, I agree with you completely. Mm-hmm. I, I love good magicians. So I think a lot of comics have that stereotype of kind of the cheesy, right. you know, magician. And I've seen that. And I wanted to ask you about that because I, I was performing at the John Lovitz club and there was a magician as the headliner and he wasn't a very good magician. And Obviously, with comedy and magic, there's a lot of timing involved, and his timing was a little off, and it was just really <laughs> awkward. And he yeah. was like, people, the the people that he was bringing up for the tricks weren't really into them, and it was kind of like this. I think that's kind of what comics imagine, or they kind of think of something very carrot topish. Yeah, exactly. And so it's kind of an insult to comedy, right? Right. And so right. I know what you're talking about. I've met totally um, comedians like that, right? Um, but have you ever had a trick just go wrong in the middle of it, and and had to scramble to? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Have I? I think I'm like the king of magic gone wrong. I, I bet I could do a whole 60 minute show of magic gone wrong, like well, stories let's hear about or reenactments. These, are, these because, are learning experiences, right? Yeah, totally. and you're learning and growing as a magician. Oh my gosh! Well, okay. So I I think as far back as I can remember, like my first show, I was I started doing birthday parties as a kid when I was 10 years old. So I build myself as the kids' kid show magician, and I my parents loaned me 75 bucks for a tuxedo. And I cut the sleeves off and like the pants into shorts. And I was like wearing like a short, you know, short tux, you know, in San Diego with like flip flops, like going to birthday parties and doing these kids shows. Well, one trick involved like putting a red like Chuck E. Cheese ball into like a little box and you open up the sides of like the doors and you show that it's gone. Well, <laughs> if you open it the wrong way, there's like a little compartment where the ball goes. So you show everyone where the ball is. So I showed everyone where the ball was. So that was like the very first, like, oh, if I reveal a trick, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Like people are not going to. uh, There's nothing good about it. So, so that was like my first, like, like memory of it. But over the years, oh my gosh, there's been um, there's a trick where magician takes like a signed hundred dollar bill, right? So you take like a a bill. It doesn't have to be a hundred, but if someone signs a hundred dollar bill. In my show, I'll fold it up and I'll light it on fire and it disappears. And then I take an orange and then I cut it open and inside the orange is the sign $100 bill. <laughs> okay. Classic trick. Well, one one day I was doing this at a country club in, in San Diego and I had a really sharp knife. And I was, it was just like one of those like little pocket knives, like ser- serrated. Like, for cutting the orange, right? For cutting the okay. orange, right? But I was like, instead of just like taking like a butter knife, which I should have used. <laughs> oh, I was like, scared. oh, I'm going to, I'm going to use this like cool, like, you know, spider co, like I can snap it oh, open. Oh, I'm so scared. I'm and, so like, scared. And like look okay. cool. So I like slice it open. And as I do it, I slice oh, my, gosh. my hand, like right by my thumb, the crotch of my thumb, all the way down. <laughs> There's like blood all over the hundred. Oh my God. It almost hit an artery. There was so oh, much blood. It was <sighs> gushing out 
and they're like, "Is this part of the trick?" And it was like the citrus was hitting it, and I was like, "Oh my god, I'm, I'm gonna die!" Like, so I, I wrap up the the wound with a with a banana or a, a bandana. I'm sorry, a bandana with a hundred dollar uh, bill. You're like, "Here's right. your hundred dollar bill." Back. So I clean off the hundred. I give it back, but that's not the end of the show, oh right? My gosh. This is like the second to to last trick of the show. So I have to close the trick with Harry Houdini's metamorphosis illusion, which is like a crate. Oh. Where my I get locked inside, I get chained. Uh, 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 I, I go into. First of like, all, you didn't stop the show. You're like bleeding to I'm death. Bleeding, like <laughs> like hurting. So I get into this little crate. My assistant locks it. She stands on top. She holds up a curtain. And we're supposed to switch places. Well, that's what is supposed to happen. <laughs> Don't so, tell me your thumb fell off. So as soon as I as I stand up because I've lost like so much blood, <sighs> I trip and I knock my assistant down and she falls into the box, springs her ankle, she's crying. Oh my god. The curtain comes down, <laughs> reveals the trick. There's like a trap door open, my butt's in it, and I'm sitting like Pooh Bear on top of this crate, bleeding. She's crying and I'm like you know, I'm like, get up, we have to take a bow. And she's like, no, You're like, I don't want to take a bow. And then, and then we, we and then we, oh, oh it was terrible. My gosh. And then, of course, the clients like wanting to do pictures after the show. They were still like happy with it. Uh, we were just like, I was just like white face, <laughs> like pale. So that was like your blood sugar's yeah. crashing, and you're like painting on the ground. So that's one story. I mean, there's multiple, but a lot of cutting. Yeah, there's been a lot of like, like cutting. Okay, you're only using butter knives from now on. I yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> um, what? So I I don't think I've ever laughed as hard on the podcast. And obviously, pain plus time equals comedy. And I have no issue laughing at your pain. I'm just Thank imagining you. you oh my gosh! I was I was doing a show for um for uh, uh, Emma Stone's birthday party at her house, and it was a clue themed birthday party. And I had to reveal all the murder weapons to figure out who the murder was. So my, my show, the, the storyline was eliminating the murder weapons. So it was like a piece of rope, and then I would do a rope trick. And then I pulled out a knife, and then I was going to do a knife trick. No more knives, Joel. So the trick was this huge butcher knife, and I was supposed to, like, stab it into my arm. Oh, my gosh. And it was supposed to, like, dig deep into my arm. Like, the illusion looked really good in rehearsal. And then I would pull it out, and then I would be fine and be like, and it can't be the knife. Did someone because... switch knives? <laughs> no, they didn't switch knives, but I the edge of the gimmick was, like, there was it wasn't fully... Um, like rounded or it wasn't uh, smooth and it cut me and all of these top actors were like oh my god are you okay I'm like no 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 it couldn't be the knife because I'm fine they're like no you're bleeding and the same thing happened I cut myself so I like quickly roll my shirt down blood's like seeping through and they're like just looking like wow, that's a good looking trick you know like doesn't look like he's bleeding oh my god Stop. it's no bad more stories. okay no more stories you asked um uh, okay, <laughs> I can't even gather my thoughts. I'm just imagining you just cutting yourself. I guess I have this comedic thought of the blood like squirting out of your arm, and you're just like, everything's fine, guys. It's part of the trick. <laughs> I know. Seriously, I think that would make for a better show. If I could actually recreate that. Every if you night. could actually recreate the fake blood. Um, yeah. So, how are all these learning experiences like? <laughs> I'm trying to like make pull it this together. Pull yeah. this together. Um. Because okay, the way the way that I think comedy is very positive, even, even though I, I think that some people don't take it this way, is that you fail instantly. Yeah. Right. And so there's this experience of because most people, the majority of people, are scared to death of failure, 
And that's why a lot of people stay in their shell and stay in their box because they just think, well, if I fail, I'm going to be humiliated. I'm going to die. All these horrible things are happening. And of course, it's just the psychological BS that your ego tells you because, you know, obviously, even though you failed and literally injured yourself, you're fine, right? <laughs> right, of course. And and so with comedy, when you do a joke and it, and it bombs and everyone, you know, and, and you move on to the next joke and you're like, okay, I'm moving on. So it's this idea of you're moving forward no matter what. And it sounds like you have had a lot of these learning experience to know that, you know, you can move forward. And did you ever have an experience where you were just like, okay, that's it. I'm quitting. Co- I'm quitting magic. I'm just humiliated or are, have do you feel that each stepping stone has kind of pushed you forward into like, hey, this is just part of the business? Yeah, I mean, I think there's always I've had days of, or months, you know, of I can't do this or if I don't reach this goal by this date. I'm or finding quit. work even, right? Yeah, or start. even finding gigs. Yeah. And just like struggling financially. <clears throat> um, you know, I've been through all of that. And I think I think each. Yeah, each like uh, roadblock is a stepping stone. And if you can get through that, you know. I think this idea of fear of holding us back is, I mean, it's huge. It's, it's it an illusion, from, actually. It, it's it is the, the true illusion, illusion it's right? It's like the real illusion. That because it's not real. It's not real, but it's there. And it's this idea that, you know, we don't want to humiliate ourselves. Or we don't, I don't think we, uh, we really reach our full potential a lot of the time because we're just scared to, you know? It's like, I'll read a, a great self-help book and I'll be like, oh my God. And then I don't want to finish it because I don't want to, you know, I, sometimes I'm like scared to finish it because I'm like, oh, now I have the information and the tools that I need and I have to, to approach it, right? and I have to use it, right? <laughs> so I think there's this idea that we sometimes don't want to uh, excel and it's our own, it's our own fault you know it is our own fault it happens all the time and i mean it just happened to me and i'm sure you've had this experience before you know i have been procrastinating on my youtube channel for like a year and a half and finally um i was just cast in a movie and the director said um well we need your acting reel to present to producers or you can't be in this movie and i've been procrastinating this acting reel for literally a year and a half two years and when he said if you don't get this acting reel to me you're not going to be able to be in this movie. I did it in like an hour. I know. Isn't it crazy? <laughs> All these things. I did that with my website, you know, like I, I had, I just recreated a website mm. and for 10 years I was procrastinating doing a new website. Cause I was like, Oh my God, it's this huge task. I busted like it out a, in a week. Yeah, you know, it's not it was a huge task so at all. easy. And then, yeah. but then once you recognize it <clears throat> the next time, it almost becomes harder to self-sabotage, which yeah. is what we were doing by right. making these overwhelming fears because you're like, Oh, well it don't, it didn't take that long. Right. The only thing holding me back for that year and a half was all my stories. I would sit down to do my reel. And then for some reason, I would have some excuse like, oh, I got to work on this. Oh, I got to do this. This is more important. Oh, it's going to take so much time. Let me just think about it more. And then we actually create these these artificial roadblocks. Totally. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I um, I just got done reading Chris Hardwick's uh, his book, um, The Nerdist Way. The Nerdist have you have you read that? I have it. I have it's it. It's fantastic. It's really good. I love it. And it's like there's, there's a lot of things that are like very simple things, but we forget about them. And and just implementing them is like fantastic, you know. And I don't know. He's it's a really like fun, easy read, positive book. And he just I don't know. It's fantastic. I'd recommend it to everyone. But okay, guys, um, look it up and yeah, read it. Yeah, <laughs> do it. Um, but yeah, I, I think most uh, most of these things that. I think are like too overwhelming or this, like this fear of, Oh, I can't, if I, I can't ever get that done. Once, once you do it, it's like, it's so easy. And then it just leads to like the next thing. And 
I don't know. I, I, I find that um, practicing that idea of, of doing those things that are fearful to you every day, like just trying to do something out of your comfort zone. I, and it sounds cliche and it sounds corny, but it's like, for it's me, not, it's, it's like so it's improv classes, you know, improv like terrifies me, but going and taking those classes, like I'm like, Oh, okay. I got through it. Even if it was like a rough day and I wasn't feeling it or I wasn't, you know, in the moment I was in my head, you know, just doing that. It's like, I, I'll get through that and it'll, I don't know, make me feel like I can do anything. But I think practicing that and sort of getting on that sort of cycle of doing those things that make you feel uncomfortable is is really really positive being uncomfortable is a very very good thing because it just means that you're up against something that you feel you can't handle yeah and so breaking through that is like a huge empowering moment so a lot of people are afraid of being uncomfortable and what i i say is that you need to get comfortable with being uncomfortable yeah because what happens is you know when you're uncomfortable all that means is you're at the edge of your comfort zone. Yeah. So when you keep pushing through it, you make your comfort zone bigger and s- until you can accomplish anything. Totally. And um, I want to say, say now you're not just a magician because as an independent um, performer, you're actually a small business owner and your business is you. Yeah. Right. So what are some things that keep you motivated to keep your business running? Well, I mean, uh, for the longest time, it was you know, just being able to sustain myself as a magician, like, that's like huge, right? Just be like, (laughs) Oh, I can pay my bills and, and I can just do magic. Like I've never had another job. So for the longest time, it was just that, you know, it was just getting to that level. And, uh, lately I've been like, okay, I know I want to expand or I want to do more. So it's, it's kind of coming up with goals and, and really just kind of going after them. Um, it's something that, I've always kind of like done like a few goals here and there, but I've never really like laid out like a like a, a business plan or like be like, okay, this is the goal and this is the roadmap how to get there. And um, it's really just thinking about it and it's really just like putting like it on paper and like seeing it and and just chipping, going towards chipping it, away. Right? Yeah, chipping. But I think uh, not having a goal, just kind of living every day of like, oh, what, maybe I'll get a gig or I'll see what emails come in or. Um, you know, I'll see what's, you know, stuff coming to you, you know, and it's just everyone out there is wanting to either pull you into their world. Um, but for you to create your own, you kind of have to, you know, you kind of have to come up with your own goals and you do. And I think a lot of people do that. They just kind of float along on the river and think, well, you know, they'll have, like you said, one or two goals here and there, but there's not a vision. Yeah. And I think that's really important to have a vision, you know, whether you're in entertainment or you're just, you know, in your, in, if you have a business, if you have a financial goal to have that vision for yourself, because otherwise you're just floating around. I know my husband and I have certain financial goals and sometimes he'll feel like we're just floating around and I'll say, okay, well, remember we have this, this, and this goal. And he'll say, oh yeah, I just, for-, he goes, I'll forget about it. Yeah. And then just reminding him of our, our vision, it'll motivate him and give him purpose to be back on track instead of thinking, Oh, I'm just going to work for nothing. Right. For sure. Yeah. I love that. You know? Um, yeah, it's been like this year has been, been fantastic. You've had a really great year. Yeah. It's been like really good. I've been able to just have a lot of work and like a lot of financial like goals of like paying off past debts and, and, uh, you know, planning for the future too. So it's, it's, it feels good. You know, I, I think like when you get on that sort of like that ball, you know, of like sort of, it starts you know, going forward. Yeah, right? it start, it start, it's, it's kind of addictive too. And it's just like, you know, um, 
I kind of, I, th- I kind of think, yeah, I don't know that synergy just kind of stays. So we talked, we talked a little bit about your, like, there's always kind of been this thing with comedy and magicians and you said that they kind of view it in a negative way. If you felt that energy, what I, I know what you're talking about, but what, what does that mean? Like, what do you feel? Have you ever had a comedian say something to you? Like, do you feel that? I, I, I always get, I mean, at, at a sense, I, you know, I've performed at quite a few comedy clubs, but I mean, my favorite of course is a comedy magic club because there's magic in, in the name of the comedy club, right? So it's like, it's even though time. comedy's first, right? There's, hey, we're still here for a reason. So, <laughs> so it's kind of fun. I mean, the, the first thing I'll do is when I get backstage is I'll let the other comics know that I'm a magician. And that always changes the whole energy backstage. Because if I'm just another comic, they're like, well, who's this guy? You know? And they're kind of, they're kind of, it's weird, right? They're so weird. Did I do that to you? I don't no, think so. I don't think you did. You were cool. You were an exception to the rule. But if I was I, scared you were going to kill those doves. Oh, man. <laughs> But I, I only killed a few, so. The pigeons, I mean. It, they're doves. They're doves. Okay, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gosh, right? <laughs> I couldn't remember. Out. I couldn't remember. I just was I just was petrified because I had just seen a magic movie, a, The Illusionist or something. I can't remember. And he kills the, the birds. The prestige, yeah. The prestige or something. Yeah. And, there's, and I was like, oh, is there a trap door for the birds or do they kill them? And in the film, the birds die. Right. And so I was like, please don't kill the birds. Please. No. My <laughs> oldest bird is actually 20 years old. Okay. Yeah. So I don't, I don't kill my doves. Yeah. <laughs> I do a lot of shows a year. That would be a very expensive uh, trick to do. I, I was yeah. I was petrified. So I wasn't looking down on you when you said you were a magician or having weird energy or whatever. I was just like, please don't kill the birds. Right. No, no, no. <laughs> and I think a lot of people, I think because of that movie and, you know, that's changed uh, the game. You know, using animals and magic is very tough these days. I mean, it's 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 hard. Most magicians have phased out like tigers and and all of that. Like it's it's really hard. Like even just working with birds, we're <laughs> People are there's always that PETA activist who's like, oh, I don't know, I don't know. You're like um, they're very well taken care of. Yeah, seriously, they have an aviary in the backyard. <laughs> My oldest bird is twenty. Okay, get over it. Um, yeah. So you tell people, you say, hey, I'm a magician. So, so like, that kind of helps, right? Because then, then it's like, oh, he practices a different craft than I do, you know? Um, but then I think it's also, you know, once they see if you're a good magician or versus a bad, I don't know. Like, it it, it kind of depends. They'll either be nicer after they see your set. Um, <laughs> okay. So I don't know. That's kind of the, my, my, been my s- case with, with magicians. But I, I, I understand from the comics point of view, it's like they can go up there with nothing, right? Just them. And a microphone and an audience, and that's a very vulnerable situation to be in. You know, magicians can hide behind their props and their tricks, and um, you know, it's it's two different crafts. But I think there's uh, I think there's energy flowing in between both of them. Um, well, more more so as like a like comedy into the magic. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's it's fun. I love it. <laughs> Um, have you ever watched another magician and been able to see like all of his illusions or known them? Most of the time. Really? Oh yeah. It's hard because for me to watch. Because your eye is trained, right? Yeah. So it's kind of this weird thinking, like from a young age, I've kind of figured things out, right? So as a magician, we sort of dissect things and figure, figure out a solution to the answer. So I was always trained from my early mentors was come up with the, trick first whatever the trick is right like it could be the craziest trick it'd be like the refrigerator levitates up in the air (laughs) changes colors spins three times and then lands back on stage and then reverse engineer and figure out a method to do it 
So then we come up with all the different like uh, methods or tools that we already have as a magician, and then we'll figure out ways to do it. And if we can't, we'll figure out a new engineering like way to do it. So I think like that sort of like dissecting of of magic kind of goes into a lot of like aspects of magicians' lives. You know, you, you'll notice a lot of magicians are skeptics. A lot of magicians are atheists. Um, and I think it's because of that idea of that they're figuring out what the puzzle is or how, how something works. So even though you guys are creating this magic and these illusions, you're saying that a lot of magicians don't believe in magic and illusions. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I don't know one who does. I mean, um, I think... Uh, you guys yeah. are tricking people, so you think there's always a trick. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, I don't... Yeah. I, I hope there's not a magician out there who's like, I'm a real wizard, you know? <laughs> like, So you guys are technically engineers. Engineer meets in- entertainer. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. Um, in a sense, yeah. I mean, uh, there's a, definitely an engineering aspect of the behind the scenes of, of the magic and stuff. So are magic shows just ruined for you? Like you can't, you can't, or can you switch back into enjoyment mode? Well, I, I enjoy, I look at magic from performance point of view. If I'm entertained by it, then it's great. Rarely does a trick fool me. Um, when it does, it's awesome. It brings me back to when I was six years old and seen a trick for the very first time. And it happens from time to time. I'll go to the Magic Castle in Hollywood and I'll check out new performers that are coming into town and sometimes they'll, they'll blow my mind, you know? And that's great. That's fantastic. I love it when that happens. I want that to be the case more and more and more. But most of the time I'll watch a show and I'll know how the trick is done, but I'll either be, you know, enjoying it because of the, you know, oh, that's that was a great premise on that trick. Like, I love how they you know, combine these two effects and created this, you know, this new hybrid of, of the two. Um, so that's kind of what I, I, I enjoy more presentation and showmanship and, and um, the performance side of things. What is the most outrageous trick you've ever seen? And you, is there any trick that you can't figure out to, to this day? Oh, man. Um <laughs> Wow, I mean, David Copperfield still does some of the some really cool tricks. I mean, he's still like he's the king still, you know. <laughs> okay. Like he's in Vegas, like he's been the king for ever since I was born, and he's still like the king, the man, you know. <laughs> David Copperfield, you know, David freaking Copperfield. Um, so I I think the last time I saw his show, there was a bunch of moments that I was like, what? <laughs> How did he do that? Um, there was, there's one trick where he has this huge sheet of, of metal and he like turns it up and he, people are banging on it. (laughs) It's just metal. Right. And then he's underneath it and he suspends like some like stretchy, like white, like spandex fabric over the top. And then he goes through the metal and you see him like coming up through the top and I can't figure it out. And it was great. It was, it was awesome. (laughs) I was like, I don't know how he just did that. Um, so is there a, no, no, is is there a magic college? I know there's a, there's, you know, like a mime college and other, I mean, did you, or did you just figure it out on your own? Is it like stand up where it's like the school of hard knocks? Well, there, uh, there's, uh, Hogwarts and (laughs) yeah. Um, but besides that, no, there's not really, I mean, there's, there are magic. Okay. So 
it's kind of it's kind of like a hidden like art form. Okay. So the way it kind of works is you are self taught, right? So you read books on your own, you learn tricks, if and you are, create your own, right? Yeah. Well, you, you'll like learn a few things, but then you'll prove yourself to another magician and be like, "Look, I'm serious about this. Like, I've been studying for years. Like, this is what I can do." And if that magician thinks that you're up to par or wants to take you under their wing, then they will. So is this for real? No, this is for real. Okay. So there's, <laughs> like, this so, there's like so... so there's a lot of like these men- apprenticeship, men- right? Yeah, mentorship, apprenticeship like style things, and that's kind of the way magic is passed from magician to magician. Um, I think over the years, there's a lot more like classes or workshops or weekend like magic camps that that kids can go to. But for the most part, it's it's one-on-one mentorship. So I've had a lot of mentors over the years of different magicians that specialize in certain tricks. Like I had one mentor who specialized just in dove tricks, like magic with with birds. So that was like his life. He was like super. How did you? Good at how it. did you find him? And uh, I found him at a at a magic camp. Actually, I was like the cool <laughs> kid who would go to magic camp for a week in the summer up in the mountains. So and there is magic school. So there was kind of yeah. So and then there was um, you know other mentors that I met you know along the way. There's a whole uh, competition circuit, uh, underground competition circuit, na- uh, like a nationwide one and then a worldwide one. So I started competing in a magic contest when I was a teen and uh, going all over the country and doing all these contests and stuff. So um, it's kind of this like underground brotherhood and there's a lot of magicians and they're very open and friendly. And I would say that's how it it would be a little bit different than the comedy world because I, I don't know what it's like in comedy, but and with magicians, I could be like, hey, I'm coming. I'm, I'm in Columbus. Like, who? what magicians are in Columbus? And those magicians will pick you up at the airport and, like, drive you, like, around and take you to get good food. And, you know, so it's, like, kind of, like, a very... I feel like it, magic world seems a bit, lot more supportive than comedy. Um, I found that about the podcasting world. The podcasting world is, like, super different than stand-up, and I love it. It's so positive and supportive, and podcasters, like, kind of have each other's back. Totally. Um, comedy's a bit cutthroat. I don't like that part of it. Yeah, is that people are very competitive and cutthroat, and and I'm just not that way. You know, maybe that's why I haven't been as successful as I want to do in comedy. But, um, I, I just I just think it's a little bit more cutthroat. Um, I want to talk about your assistants. Okay, <laughs> because I always wondered. You know, the magician gets all the glory, but the assistant is a big part of the show, right? Oh my right? gosh, they do so they much. They do so much, right? So much, if not everything. <laughs> I mean, it just depends on the trick, but yeah, assistants are so important. I mean, I... It's not just a pretty face. It's not just a pretty face, no. I mean, a good assistant is wonderful on stage, is someone who can be very graceful, a dancer-like... Um, person, right? Person, but who can also do the trick right be able to break down the tricks, set up the tricks, uh, you know, set up really weird things. Like, I need you to put three pieces of confetti, you know, fold it up into this silk <laughs> handkerchief, you know, and wrap this match with a piece of gaffer's tape exactly, you know, precise and put it in the rubber band and, you know, and set that, you know, and make sure the birds get out of the cage in time before they die, you know? Oh, my God. Like, you know, I'm, just, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, but, like, yeah, I mean, it's a very important job. And there's there, I've had a lot of assistance over the years. And I've had really bad assistance. I've had really terrific <laughs> assistance. And, um, 
uh, yeah, it's 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 a very fascinating world because it is the magician taking the glory, but it's the assistant who does a lot. A lot, right? Is there like yeah. an assistance union or an assistance there's like world not, of magic? There's not really, but there. I would say in Los Angeles and Las Vegas, there's a lot more because probably there's just a lot more work opportunities for magicians' assistants. But um, but yeah, uh, gosh, I mean, there are. Yeah, it's it's kind of funny. Most magicians will date their assistants. I was about to ask yeah. you actually. I was going to do the so, us week. I didn't want to do the us weekly people question, but Yeah, but so that's like <laughs> usually when it goes downhill, right? So I've been dated a lot of my assistants. You have. I have. Oh, you have. Yeah. And I, I made that mistake up until the last like 5 years of my life. I thought you were going to say last 5 assistants. I was like, "Whoa." <laughs> no, so I would like Is it just you know, because you guys are traveling and working together traveling so together, much? together and, and usually like, they're beautiful. And like magicians are awkward and it's like we're kind of like you know, we're kind of weird people anyway, so it's like, <laughs> oh, we get to hang out with the sexy girl and it's like so like usually if we know we can cross that line, we'll, we will and we'll and we'd be like, oh, look, at it. we got, we got the check, you know. <laughs> so I don't know, and and yeah, so it's like you travel, and you know, it's like cheaper to get one hotel room, you know, <laughs> instead of two. Or if you're on a cruise ship, they'll only give you one room. Be like, sorry, no, this is the act. And if the assistant is part of the act, then it's like one bed on a cruise ship. So I don't know. Over the years, yeah, I've definitely separated the two. Okay. Which has been fantastic. Okay. And like the assistants <laughs> that I have now are like the best I've ever had. Like they're fantastic. You know, they show up like they're punctual. They're like, oh, this is a business. Like this guy's legit. He pays me. He doesn't try to sleep with me, you know? <laughs> so I think it's good. I think it's like, so I finally. So assistants starting out should watch, should be weary. Well, I think so. Yeah, totally. Magicians, yeah, there's some creepy dudes out there. And I think, yeah, they can have some weird, like, you know, ideas in their head. Um, so be careful, girls. Be careful if he says be it's a trick careful. and you're being tied up and you'll be released right. later. Right. <laughs> Wait, who's the trick? Yeah. <laughs> What's the trick? Yeah, seriously. Fifty Shades of Magic. <laughs> oh, man. Um so yeah, I would say like a good yeah, good assistants are out there. Um I find like the best ones are ones that don't really have any previous magic background. And if you could try to get someone new, fresh, you know, like someone who from like the dancing world or um who's just really like comes with like a, a clean idea of, of what magic is. Cause a lot of magic that uses assistance are is stage illusions. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of like very old school magic anyway, because a lot of it is just cheesy tricks that have been, you know, redone over the last like hundred years. So there's there there are some like new cool illusions out there, but most of them are, are pretty lame in my opinion. <laughs> is that is that a thing like kind of like in stand up when when a comic is doing like an, an old done premise, they call it hack. Is that a thing in magic? Where oh, like, totally. oh, that's a horrible hack trick. Or oh, whatever. yeah, yeah, completely. Yeah. Oh, for sure. <laughs> Yeah, unless they can like do that that trick really well and be like, oh, that's like the best version of the old, you know, subtrunk or is is it hard to be original in magic Um, or more original? I think so. I mean, I that's what I strive for now. You know, I I didn't really implement comedy into magic until, gosh, two thousand one. Maybe no, no, no. Maybe even late. No, no, no. Like later. In the last like five years or so, I got a gig. I was hired to tour with Ringling Brothers and Barnum Bailey Circus, 
And I went on a three-month tour with them all over the East Coast and Puerto Rico, and I was doing big illusions. And I was like the serious magician. I was like, I'm going to have a show in Vegas one day, you know? <laughs> like, And I was like really going down like that road, you know? And it's like my idea as a kid was like the whole spectacle show. It was like confetti and friggin' fire and beautiful <laughs> girls and a big boxes. And, and tigers. And tigers. Like, that was the goal. And then I started doing that kind of style magic, and I was like, this sucks. Like, I don't like any of this. And then I would notice, like, the guys would get booked as, like, the MC, and they would get paid the same, and they wouldn't have to bring any of that stuff. And I was like, whoa, like, this guy, like, he just showed up five minutes before the show, and he left, and, and I'm still know, cleaning still up, cleaning and up four up. hours after yeah. the show. So I, the circus really just threw me for a loop. They put me in these funny costumes and they had me going out with like clowns doing pre-shows and it really took me out of my comfort zone and it made me realize that, oh, okay, I'm, this isn't the, this is not what I'm digging. Like I'm digging the for a loop as in it, They kind of were putting you on the track that you thought you wanted, but it wasn't what you wanted. Yeah, well, I think they were putting me into situations that made me feel uncomfortable, like interacting with uh, with students or uh, with clowns and <laughs> students. <laughs> interacting with students. What? <laughs> Creepy magic show. Yeah. What kind of magic show is this? <laughs> um, so I, I realized after I did this three-month tour, I ended up quitting and I was like, oh, comedy and magic. These are, I want a fusion of that. So I've been like slowly kind of going you know more down that road so you've been writing more jokes yeah just kind of writing more jokes and and kind of like coming up with premises that are more fun that are more me you know like trying to create tricks that instead of like the dramatic serious magician right right? yeah exactly like (laughs) i mean like okay what do i do outside of magic that i can bring into magic to keep it fresh you know like bring some joy yeah exactly so um so those are kind of fun so it's like you know little things like like i surf so i'm trying to implement like surf and magic I do yoga, so like yoga and magic, you know, tennis, tennis and magic, like kind of just taking things from my outside world and bringing them in and incorporating like new tricks that hopefully people haven't seen before. So That's I don't cool. know. So it's kind of fun. Yeah. So I'm kind of. How do you incorporate yoga and magic? Well, I'm working on like a <laughs> yoga trick right now. It's like, you know, it's, it's, you know, cause yoga is all about breathing and, and it's all mind, right? So there's a lot of tricks that are mind like mind reading mind control over stuff so i'm working on like a yoga mat trick with some (laughs) mind reading stuff Mm. so it's kind of fun i don't know okay i have one question and i don't know so first of all is the revealing a trick um like the magician's taboo or is it like if someone says how do you do this trick yeah, I, it kind of is. It it still is like the number one rule in magic. Is is it, like, so there's rules. Is it yeah, like Fight Club? So, yeah, right. <laughs> First rule of magic. Don't talk about magic, right? <laughs> Second rule of uh, yeah. So there are rules. Uh, you're you're supposed to like not reveal your tricks. Okay. That's number one, because if the audience knows, then what what are you doing up there? Um, but what about revealing other people's tricks? Well, that's that's kind of where the ethical line is drawn. Okay. You know, there's been magicians over the years like Penn & Teller, who I highly admire, who are probably my favorite magicians working today, who reveal tricks, and they'll do it on TV. and But they do it in such an artistic way where you are seeing how the trick is done. Like, for example, you know the old classic cups and balls trick? Yes. Right, where they, there's like a cup and a ball, and they move it around, and the ball's jumping from cup to cup. Well, they do it with clear cups 
and you see that how the trick is happening, but it's more spectacular knowing how it works. So they do things like that where they'll, you know, put the eyes into the reveal, but it it's makes still it amazing, way more right? entertaining <laughs> and it's, it's fantastic. So, so yeah, there is definitely that line. I think with YouTube and the internet today, it's really easy for people to just Google a trick. I have, I've Googled tricks before, you know, and you can totally, you can totally do that. You can be like, Oh, how did the magician turn that card upside down in that pack? And they'll, you know, with they'll enough research, online, yeah. they'll find it, you know? And uh, you t- there's kids all over the world who are like revealing tricks online because they're not magicians. They're just hobbyists. And they're like, Oh, I figured this out. This is how it works and sharing it with the world. So it's a lot easier, I think, to do that these days. And that's why I think it's really important for magicians to come up with original tricks. So, okay. One, yeah. I have like 5,000 more questions, but we, we got to wrap up in like 15 minutes. Okay. I don't know if you can reveal this. It's okay. If the answer is no, I don't know if you remember those magic shows that used to come on like 10, 15 years ago in like NBC, they would do some magic show on, you know, NBC or CBS or whatever. If they did a trick where they put cards up against, they're kind of digital cards up against a TV and you pick one and they eliminate certain cards and they like, guess which cards you pick. How do they do that? Yeah. How do they pick? Or is it just a formula? I think you were talking about the world's greatest magic specials. Yeah. Something like that. Those were awesome. I love. I used to watch those all the time and they would say, okay, pick a card, put your finger on the TV and they would always know which card. How do they know? (laughs) Well, what's, what's really difficult is doing magic on camera, right? Translating magic through a camera is very difficult. And when you watch magic on TV, you're like, uh, well, I wasn't there. I don't know. It could, it could have been, be a TV trick, right? Right. It could be a TV they trick. They could have edited right? it. It's like, I've seen movies, right? <laughs> you know, they, they can do anything with, with CG. So I think um, that's a huge barrier to like be able to get through. Um, but yeah, that sort of like interactive stuff that you can break that wall from viewing it on a tv screen and the magician being able to do that i think th- those types of tricks work really well so is it just a formula like they just know you're not gonna tell magic. you're not gonna reveal it's magic crazy <laughs> you just told me you were a skeptic and there's no such thing okay there's no santa claus <laughs> no. um he's not gonna reveal it i'll have to google it um also a couple other questions so um i've heard that there's this magic kind of revolution going on in china have you are you aware of this are you any part of this do you know what do you mean like revolution like people in china are going crazy over magic and magic is like just blowing up and exploding over yeah well i think um yeah for a number of years i think just sort of their censorship of like internet and youtube and things like that um has kind of limited uh magicians from learning and be able to share and you know magicians in china you know, being able to see a lot of stuff that's that's happening in magic all over the world. So I think over, you know, in the last like few years, like, you know, China's been more open with their internet and, and I think magicians have really been flourishing there. Um, it's, it's awesome. I do shows in Macau, which is mm-hmm. not really mainland China, but it's like a little island near Hong Kong. And well, I've, been, I've been out there twice now and it's like, it's huge. They go crazy, it's right? It's like going... Yeah, it's like You're a superstar. Big, it's like a big <laughs> thing out there, you know. Um, it's kind of cool. <laughs> it is. And last time I went to the Magic Castle, like half of the comedians I saw there were of Asian descent. Yeah, I was like so surprised. Um, was it Asian Magic Week? Or? It wasn't. Oh, it was just. Well, Asians are just taking over the world. Rosie. They are. Um, no, I think um, 
Well, I would say out of actually, I've I've been around Asia a lot, and I would say the best magicians I've seen have been Korea. Really? Yeah. Mm, South Korea. Competition. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but some of the best magicians are coming out of South Korea, and they are just they practice like crazy, and they practice, 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 and when they're done practicing, it's all they the tiger moms. More. <laughs> Seriously, and it is it is amazing the kind of like skill, the technical skill that is that they can do is is unreal. Um, but uh, but yeah, I think all over Asia, like magic is really like booming. You know, it's becoming like a really fun, cool, new like fun thing to do and stuff. So, so speaking of the magic castle, I think you mentioned it at the, a little bit in the middle of the interview, and I mentioned it. And for those listeners who aren't in the LA area, what is that? Yeah, so the Magic Castle has been around since the fifties. It's an old Victorian mansion in the Hollywood Hills, um, off of uh, Franklin and Highland Avenue in Hollywood. And it's basically an old Victorian mansion that you know people used to live there. And the, these two brothers, Milt and Bill Larson. Uh, took it over in the 50s and they're like let's create a magic club and at first it was just you know one room like one like the main part of the house and it was like a bar and like a little room for magicians to do card tricks and then it slowly like expanded to all these different rooms over the years and now it's this multi-million dollar a year establishment where there's like a a fine dining restaurant there's six or seven bars it's a magic club it's a magic club and it's uh it's close to members but members can invite guests so it kind of has that sort of prestige like in the neighbor you know of in in la of oh how can i get in can you get me into the magic castle you're a member can you invite me so it kind of keeps that kind of cool vibe to it um do you have have to be a magician to be a member so there's over the years it's very (laughs) it's like been it's it's gotten very political over the last like 10 years but um now there's like two types of memberships there's like magician membership and then there's associate membership don't ask me why i think it would be much cooler (laughs) if it was just magician membership so i had to audition as a magician member to become a member to become a member so i remember i was 15 i was coming up from san diego on the train staying with my cousin in the hollywood hills she was living up here and and then I went and I auditioned. I was like performing on a stage that all the great magicians like had performed. I was so scared, but I got in at 15. I was part of the junior membership group. And, um, but yeah, I, I, it's really cool. It's like people have to dress up. So it's like suit and ties for guys, uh, cocktail dresses for ladies. It's like a very classy place. There's no pictures allowed inside. And it attracts a lot of celebrities and a lot of uh, people who can go to a, a safe place to hang out for the night. Have you? Are there other magic clubs around the U.S. like secret magic clubs? Not really. Really, there it's is, the only one. Um, there is only place comparable is a place in London called the Magic Circle, mm-hmm. and it's been around for about a hundred years. I feel like London is, sounds very magical, and yeah. Magic Circle sounds magical. Have but, you been there? Um, I have. Yeah, <laughs> I went, my um, first time out there a couple years ago um, was really cool. They, I got to I got to check it out. Magic Castle is more fun like magic circle is more like just magicians you go there to learn is it intense yeah it's, it's intense <laughs> it's like a, a bunch of you know it has it, it's not really like a, there's not like a fun aspect there's no like there's no real like performances it's like we study our craft <laughs> and the magic castle is like let's get drunk let's go to the magic castle and watch shows and eat really overpriced food and yeah so 
I don't know. It's two different worlds. But the Magic Castle's fun. I, I think it every week it changes. There's new performers. So When are you back? When are you back at the Magic so, Castle? I don't know. I was just there. Uh, I'm there maybe three or four weeks out of the year. So each okay. contract's about a week long. So I'll That's be, not I'll be enough. back soon. That's not yeah. enough. Um, but it's fun. You know, it kind of keeps it special when I'm there. And um, yeah, it's great. I'll let you know for sure next okay. time. Um, so you talked about your 10-year um, wait or whatever for your website. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. So what is the website so people can go look at it? Oh, wow. Okay. Well, geez, no. Well, I don't... I, it's just a WordPress site. I just threw it together. It's probably really crappy comparable to... Okay, now you're getting sites. into your negative conversations. Oh, gosh, yes. Positivity. Uh, JoelWard.com. Okay, guys. And you, all, all of your upcoming shows are on there? Yeah, so I need to be better about posting that on the tour page, but right now, yeah. Okay, um, so I'm putting pressure on you. All listeners are, are at people do click. I get a lot of click throughs from from the podcast, so cool. if they click on there and there's no up, up to date shows, yeah, I'll go home and I'll do it right away. <laughs> yeah, there's like a lot of summer shows that I need to post um, for awesome. like ticket links and stuff. But um, yeah, I, I it's so funny. Like after reading Chris Hardwick's book, um, he talks. There was a whole uh, segment on time management. And he talks about Gmail and how great the Gmail interface is. And I've never, I use like my Apple Mail and it's like Joel at JoelWard.com. It's like everything forwards into there. And I get all this like junk mail and all these <laughs> newsletters. And it's like for me, this overwhelming like sense of like this thing, this big thing that's sitting over me is I have to figure out how to import everything into Gmail. Because <laughs> supposedly Gmail has all these great like apps, like, you know, and all these cool things that you can do. So, I don't know. That's, like, my new website the task to okay. do. Yeah. We'll see if it's done next time. Yeah. And um, what are some of your goals? You talked about, you know, your goals and moving forward. Let, let's put some big ones out there into the universe so that people can hold you accountable. Totally. I love that. <laughs> um, yeah. I think, uh, well, you know, like, magic is... is uh, is for for me it's all it's about the live show right it's all about the live show because magic is best performed live and up you close know, in and your a, face and up close <laughs> in your face like so um with some jokes but you know of course you need sort of like uh marketing to drive a live show so so in this day and age a tv show is inevitable for for any sort of live ticket sales so um, so I'm working on a TV show concept, which is kind of fun. So for years, you know, I would do these Hollywood like pitch ideas and meet with people and, and gosh, that is just terrible relying <laughs> on other people to like, so I'm, I'm just going to self-produce and test the waters on a YouTube channel. So that's my goal. Okay. That I'm gonna that's really cool. Out there and that's I'm just really gonna, cool. I'm going to start this summer and I'm going to film all of these five minute episodes and just throw them out there and give them to the universe and see if people like the concept. And so that's what I'm going to do. All right, guys, we'll go on joelward.com and check him out. Come to some of his live shows and also check out his YouTube channel. Hopefully he'll have his shows out in this summer and you guys can check it out and like him and try to leave positive comments. Don't be negative guys. Um, Joel, what else is going on for you before we wrap up? Um, right now I'm touring with colleges, having a, having a great time performing for the kids. <laughs> um, just doing it's, it's so much fun. Like, are you it, bringing all your stuff? Is it cumbersome? Like you have, it is. Yeah. It I, is. um, I you have a big truck. You almost ran me over. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's kind of a, you know, a smaller, I'm figuring out the more travel friendly show, but, but I still like, I'm not like, you know, uh, 
I'm not just phoning it in with like, oh, I'll just carry on a show. I'm checking three bags and I'm bringing a, a really fun show, I think. Oh, um, do you ever get do you ever get stopped at checking stuff in? Have you ever oh got stopped? Oh my gosh, TSA? <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> hey, well, I'm a magician. <laughs> yeah, well, I've over the years, I mean, I every single time I check bags, I always get that little slip like TSA has gone through your bags. Well, yeah, you have knives that are cutting off fingers yeah. <laughs> and arms. <laughs> All kinds of weird like props and stuff. But um, a lot of the TS, TSA guys at major airports now know me. Okay. LAX, Chicago. Chicago, Indianapolis, they, they're all like, oh, the magician. Okay. <laughs> but I always travel with my birds, and um, oh, that's always birds. fun. The birds. Oh, do do you bring them on the flight? How I do, bring how them do they... on the flight. Yes. Yeah, so, um, <laughs> so pre-9-11, it was really hard to travel with birds. Like The airlines and TSA worked together, so you would approach TSA and then be like, okay, well, where's the ticket for the birds? And you'd have to buy a separate ticket for the birds. Really? And sometimes they'd want to put the birds like down with the bags, but the climate control is it's so I always want to keep the birds with me on the plane, like right underneath, like stick them right underneath my seat. So I know they're safe and they're taken care of. I can give them water, give them some attention. Oh, Peter, listen to this. He loves the birds. So I love the birds. So I so after nine eleven, TSA and the airlines split. So TSA and the they don't know any of the regulations for the Birds. airlines. So I don't tell anybody on the airline side, and TSA is the only people who know about the birds. So TSA has this thing called hand check. So every time I get to like TSA, I'll get right up to to line. I'll be like hand check, and TSA guy will be like hand check, hand check, hand check, hand check. <laughs> and then the, like all these TSA people come over and be like, "What's the hand check?" I'll be like, "Birds, I'm a magician." They're like, "Oh, cool, you're a magician." They're like, okay, uh, we'll get you a screening room. So they like take the bird what is hand check? through the metal detector. And I guess it's like things that instead of like going into like that machine or going through the metal detector, they will take the birds into a screening room and like check and make them. sure they're not explosives, basically. So um, yeah, so I don't. So it's it's kind of fun. Like so, it's like I can <laughs> seriously as a magician, I could probably <laughs> smuggle anything through. Like, I'm probably the worst person to be flying ever if I wanted to go down that road, but I'm not. So, um, but yeah, uh, yeah, traveling with birds is very interesting on, on airplanes. It's a lot okay, of fun. guys, don't trust magicians on the airplane. This is, and ladies, watch out. All right. Watch out. Magicians are dangerous. Um, guys, uh, this has been Out of the Box Podcast with Rosie Tran. Out of the Box is sponsored by HugMeTees.com. Spread love. Give a hug. HugMeTees.com. Guys, go on HugMeTees. Get a hug me tea. I swear to you, you will get a hundred hugs that day just wearing it. People will come up to you, read your shirt, and give you a big hug. It's very, very nice. Um, we are on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher Radio. If you enjoyed the podcast, go on iTunes.com slash Out of the Box Podcast and leave a positive review. If you hated the podcast and you think that we are annoying and awful, go on iTunes.com slash Out of the Box Podcast and leave a negative review. I don't care. Just leave a review because reviews make the numbers go up. That's all I care about. You guys are awesome. Check me out on Twitter at Funny Rosie. This has been Out of the Box Podcast with Rosie Tran. 